Now look here, I'm Alan. I'm Catherine. And we've got something to tell you. Yeah, so we're back. Uh, you might have seen on the announcements what an what a exciting few nights we've had. Uh, yeah. Wow. You know, we were, we were getting all getting... We were doing our normal pre-show prep, you know. We were we had the had a script worked out, so all the equipment was ready. Um, we're just getting the kids bathed and fed, and then we hear these noises coming from from next door. Banging noises. Yeah, I and didn't hear the bangs at all because I was on the other side of the house. But but this is the interesting thing. Yeah, just yelling and shouting. Yeah, um, gunshots, which I didn't realize were gunshots because, as it turns out, gunshots don't sound in right. real life like they do in movies. So we hear these noises and we wonder wondering what's going on. We figure maybe they, they're having a fight and it's the sort of fight where you want to call the police, you know. Exactly. I thought domestic violence. Uh, so I, fact, out. I ran outside and then I made you run outside. So I ran outside and I'm sneaking around in the garden, barefoot, trying to dodge the thorns, hoping to just hear what's going on. Is this something we need to... Important, yeah. yeah. We need to raise an alarm over or something. And, I c- and eventually I can hear they're both talking they sound stressed, but no big deal. So I come back inside, and, and 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 you hold up your phone with a message from them. Yes, I'd sent a message when I first heard her screaming, um, because I was thinking maybe he was beating her up or something. And what you was know, should we come over? And her response was, "They're shooting us." And I remember showing you with like shaking hands. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, these two guys that tried to break in, they kicked their door down and were shooting. Nobody got hurt, luckily. We just want to make that clear. But <laughs> obviously, we took the kids upstairs. We had them. Meanwhile, the there's me running around in my shorts with oh, no shoes on I in the garden, it. like Rambo. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm just, I'm so relieved that uh, it was okay. I'm just so relieved. Yeah. It was, it was hardcore. Sorry, I thought we were going to play it for laughs. That's why I'm. Yeah, no, I know. Watching we you were, hold your head. It was actually. Not yeah, it was pretty tense. Yeah. Um, but. Anyway, I mean that's in the past. It's 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 over. Yes. Um, like we said, no one got hurt except for the baddie. He, uh, uh, or one of them. Oh yeah, I know the pit bulls went for them. The neighbours have pit bulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All worked out. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we are we are back. We've caught up the sleep that we lost from not going to bed <laughs> that night, <laughs> which is why. Yeah. Anyway, enough. Yeah. That that, that that's our story. Um, but speaking of cars. Yes. Uh, as a big family or any size family, uh, one of your one of your issues that you have, just a first world problem, is getting your family around. Yeah, you know, mil- billions of people around the world they just walk. But well, we we live out on a farm. Uh, we are ten kilometers from the nearest shop, uh, if you can call it that. It's a little convenience arrangement the store, at, the, uh, at the petrol station. Little, yeah, and we've also got a massive like. 1.5 kilometer dirt road to it's get to the It's actually only one. Is it one? But it you feels can't go, like forever. Yeah, you can't go faster than about 25 k's an hour. Uh, it's, it's bad. It's yeah. so bad. So getting to work, I mean, that's an hour's commute for me. Um, the nearest real shop is about 20 k's. So yeah, we, we, we do actually have to have a car. No we public transport for us. That's, that's just, exactly. Just no, it's not, an, it's not an option. In fact, we need two cars. Yeah. We have two cars. We need them. And there's an obvious reason. It's you know, with, with so many kids, I mean, a lot of people, you see, when they get their second kid, they upgrade to a nice big SUV. Yeah. And we laugh. We laugh because, we 
you know, as, uh, our big car that we upgraded to was a Fiat Multipler, a six-seater. And it was good. It was a good vehicle. Great I car. don't care what anyone says. It was a fantastic yeah, it's ugly. car. Well, yes. No one ever said to me that it was a crap car. I don't know what was going on behind my back that, that you're I just, just no, no. <laughs> But anyway. I, I should just, just mention for the record, ours wasn't the one with the big ugly boob around it. It was, it was the, it looked like a grown-up Fiat Panda. It did, That's yeah. That's what it looked like. In fact, yeah. 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 And that um, was ideal. It was a very nice car. And then you fell pregnant with our fifth. And, uh, and also, obviously, um, the dirt road, which is not just a dirt road. It's a rocky road. Yeah, it's a piece of crap road uh, because it's a private road, which means we don't get the benefits of our rates and taxes uh, having the council come in to grade it properly. Instead, it's whenever uh, one of the local farmers feels like getting his tractor out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and it's it's rocky, it's ugly, and so it killed your car. Yeah, That's it's pretty much the, it the car died, um, and it's a pity because you know it was still possible to transport the family in one go and in we some could. comfort. And some co- it was fantastic. Those were huge. I mean, this was mm. an Italian car, yeah. huge seats. It was lovely. It was so lovely. But uh, beyond just that, I mean, it's not just the size of the car that matters. It's the number of cars, you know. I mean, having one car that's big enough still doesn't cut it because I've got to go to work during the day. I've got to get there that's somehow. The I have to take the car. Now, you're sitting at home. You need the shops. Well, okay, we could have planned that better. The kids fall sick. You need to get to a doctor. But that's the thing. And that's why when I – actually, when I fell pregnant with our first kid, I insisted on getting my own car. Yeah. We Not were a one-car family when they were just well, the two exactly, <laughs> when we were single. And we always lived close to where I worked. Mm. And I managed to either use public transport or get lifts and all the rest of it. That wasn't a problem. Uh, I mean, I'd had cars before that, my Beetle and the Alpha, which died horribly. No, but it didn't die. No, I we sold I it. sold it. Yeah. We sold it to someone who, who saw its true value and gave us, therefore, a lot less yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the point was, um, no, and I got this Daihatsu Sherrod, mm. and that was gorgeous little car. nine years ago, and it Proper was about little years student old. car, yeah. And I, I'm still driving it. Copes very well with this nasty road because it's so small and so light, it just bounces over uh, the that's rocks. That's the thing, and it's quite high off the ground. It's yeah. it's amazing. I'm still managing to squeeze all of my children in. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the Fiat died, Alan got a what? What is it? A, a Ford. Ford car. Apparently, it's supposed to be pronounced K. Oh come! On. Because it's a British car. Oh uh, yeah, no, yeah, right. What do Ford they know about car. English? Honestly, you got a Ford car. And um, so we've got people laugh at us because we have these tiny cars, these ridiculously tiny cars, and this and five kids. We're not driving a, you know, mommy mobile. We're not driving a, what do you call it? No, we're not driving the proper car that people of our means should be driving. Yeah. And when I say means, I mean the means that people assume. <laughs> that. Uh, but you know, yeah. the funny thing is, I think from a sustainability perspective, not that that's our goal here. Yeah. We're probably doing better. Well, you know, it's interesting to look at what we're spending on fuel for both cars. Equals. Um, yeah, your your old Sherrod and my very old design. Because in this country, we tend to get cars that have been obsoleted overseas. I mean, that car is actually a car from the mid-90s. They only started selling them here after they stopped selling them in the UK. Aha, uh-huh, but technically, so so technically it's, uh, it's only two years old, but... 
not in from no, a design no, it's, perspective. It's a lot more than that. Uh, it's got 180,000 k's on it. Oh, I yeah. didn't even know. Well, no. it looks quite smart to me. It looks it's like a, a little roller skate. Well, it's a 2007. It's nine years old. Ah. But the design is a 1997. Anyway, the point is that it's an older design engine, so it's not particularly efficient. But even still, the two cars together are using less fuel, RANS-wise, uh, than the Fiat was by itself, which was a big, modern, efficient turbo diesel. Exactly, but this is the thing. When we've got a big thing that we've got to go to and the whole family has to go, we both just go in both cars. Yeah, we do a little and convoy, yeah. The joy is Three we can decide, car, we can the separate the, the kids who are getting on each other's nerves. Hmm. Um, if we've got to, you know, have a special conversation with one kid, we can pile the others into the other car. Yeah. It, it no, works look, well. I'm the first to admit that this is not an ideal situation. There is something that is ideal about it, though, and this is something people don't talk about. But I just said it's not ideal. I know, but I'm I'm adding one little ideal. Uh-huh. They're both paid off. Oh, we yes. don't owe a cent yes. on either of these little mirth mobiles, which mm. I think is a plus. Yes. No, it is. There's a lot to say for a car that's paid off. Yes, yeah. sorry, but you were talking about the downsides. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, the ideal situation would be larger, more modern cars, cars that have air conditioning. Oh, that would be such because a struggle. We've got fans. Globally warmed South African summers <laughs> of ours. My <laughs> word. It's bad. It is so bad. They all think I've got a hormonal problem at work. Because after an hour in that car... I yeah, you, you're just covered in sweat. I'm pretty ripe when I get there. Well, I'm, I'm covered in sweat in the first five minutes. You know... In my car. Everyone is too polite because everyone always is. But one day someone's going to say, you know, have you considered showering in the mornings? And I'll say, <laughs> I showered 65 minutes ago. It's... No, it is... Look, yeah. we, we have... Deodorants? We have yes, plans. I'm wearing we have Can't you tell? <laughs> the thing is, you know, one thing I can say for our system mm-hmm. at this point is it works it we can both get around we can both is, fetch yeah. kids we can drop them we've got that mobility we've got these little city bugs mm-hmm. that take us where we need to go it's it's not ideal in the fact that it's not easy to shove all of our kids in one of them yeah makes it a little bit harder but I do think uh, you know it mm. could be worse we could have one we could have one small car so what's your advice then? Get a pair of uh, a pair ideally <laughs> of big luxury, high up, nice and safe feeling SUVs. And if you can't afford it, just buy whatever crap you can and squeeze them in. Yeah. <laughs> Something I should mention: um, I take the girls to ballet at this security estate, mm. and it's one of those really smart security estates. And every single car there, every single one of them is an SUV. Mm-hmm. And they are all brand, brand new. You know, I can remember when rich people would drive um, like E class Mercedes yes, Benzes. Yes, these low on the ground, the ones that looked like a slightly used Porsches so or. Exactly. You know. No, nothing like that. They're all these gigantic, boxy SUVs. And one thing I can say is I, I mean, I come putting in with my ancient little square, mm-hmm. you know, roller skates. Your three cylinders of one mighty uh, meter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's funny though is um, being one of those smart, snazzy estates. There's very little parking. There's no parking. Yeah. I managed to s- to basically park on a brick, and these people are coming in with these vehicles that are just the size of our house, 
they can't park them anywhere. They try and park behind you. It's funny because it's like their the houses, wheels are hanging off the back of the pavement. It's funny it's, because their houses are the size of our kitchen. Well, yeah, okay, but they are like <laughs> double or triple story. It's yeah, uh, whatever. It's a we also double design. story. No, uh, that's that's the enough. problem. They they they're, they're spending all this money. Uh, it's because they're modern built houses. You know, they try to cram as many units as they as, as they can into a small space, and we're it's living on a farm. We're on the yeah, sprawling we're from a house. completely other think, side of the scale. I think we we we've got the better end of the bargain here. We we've got a massive garden. That we've got nothing to complain about. I mean, we've got an idyllic life. The expense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get we don't get a lot of time to watch stuff. So um, this actually says quite a lot. We managed to binge watch. Uh, okay, F- our definition of binge watch is like two episodes a night. Yeah. Um, for uh, I don't know how well a week and a half or something. We managed to get through the first episode, the first series. Sorry. Yeah. The second one hasn't aired yet. Um. And uh, yeah, it is. It's incredible. It's a science fiction show. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's very new. It's a by it's from the Sci-Fi Channel, which they, at some point in the past, they changed the spelling to, you know, a marketing thing to S Y F Y. So it's a Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, uh, Sci-Fi. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know how normal people are going to watch this. I think you can stream it off their website or, or something, but. Uh, we just watched recorded copies. Uh, n- no, we didn't. That's illegal. <laughs> uh, anyway, we well, we <laughs> we, we watched it, um, and it's amazing. It I've got to say, um, what I loved about it was it's it's got this very basic kind of, it's got a lot of archetypes in it. There's uh, there's the sort of film noir character, mm. detective character, and you've got your sort of hero, your um, Unbreakable, unmovable, um, ethical guy. Yeah. And then in the background, you've got these sort of side characters, and you've got the yeah, it's true. The, the mobster the boss, and the you know all that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I got to say, it is. I was just absorbed, and I. It takes a lot. I mean, we got tired of Breaking Bad. We got cu- tired of Game of Thrones. What else did we get tired of? Dexter. Dexter, all of these things, we we made it through a couple seasons and then just just stopped because we don't have time. For we, don't, we, we don't have time for crap. We we don't have time for standards that fall when there's another better show waiting. Um, and okay, this was only one season, but I really, if they carry on like this, I will totally follow um, it definitely. You, know, you mentioned all the archetypes. Um, it was not just that; it's, it's all these sci-fi tropes that are in there. There's, there were no really original ideas. I mean, the basic thing is, you know, you've you, you've got s- sort of in the solar system because they they they're trying to obey the laws of physics, so there's no faster than light travel. Uh, you've yeah, got it's, it's quite realistic, actually. Well, a uh, not too distant future, realistic. Yeah, the thing is, it's it's your basic sort of civil war brewing in space thing. It's sort of part cowboy story, parts. Uh, you know, empire building, spy drama, what, what, what? And uh, yeah, and you and you've got the miners, um, are, like on the asteroids and the unions. And yeah, they got all of this, and none of it is particularly new or original. But they've managed to tell such an incredible story with it that it feels new. The, uh, you know you what? Know? And and do you know what I do love? They've managed to do quite a lot of world building. 
in a world that we know. When I say mm-hmm. world building, I mean um, the way they've built um, this, the, the sort of uh, the structures, mm-hmm. um, and all of the stories that they've placed inside it, which are personal stories. And I think that's a very good way to build a story in any case. Uh, well, it's a great way to build characters. To exa- well, to build, yeah, to, to, to world build, really, is um, they've, they've set it in our solar system, mm. and they have all of these alliances and all of these things going in it. Um, but really, it's the characters and the personal struggles of the characters within this place that makes it an incredible story. And the thing that makes it brilliant, very clever in my opinion, as a series, mm-hmm. is the fact that this is uh, infinite. Um. You know, if a character gets tired or you've got to pull a wasp name, a J.R.R. Martin, and kill him off. George R. Sorry, whatever. <laughs> um, you think of talking. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you, you could just replace them with a whole other new story you could build in any amount of characters or stories within this this mm. kind of yeah you walk away f- uh, walk away you know you, you turn off the TV well no uh, walk away fe- I like f- feeling like there is there's more to the world than just what you've seen on the screen you know there's an entire solar system there's whole worlds that have presumably been colonized and just haven't even been mentioned yet I mean Earth so far has been it's actually one old diplomat, uh, or not a diplomat, she's like a senior government person, but it's like a secretary of state. quite high up, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and the sort of two or three people that she answers to. And that's all we've seen. Oh, and her family. At oh, home. and there was an interrogation scene, I think. Well, my point is, that's what we've seen of Earth. Yeah. What we've seen of Mars is the inside of one spaceship. Yeah, and met a few Martians. Yeah, that's about a, a, it. a couple soldiers. And yet, we we have this feeling of this whole, both these worlds that are so different to what we know today. Um, That's and and also um, and it's really also replicated um, some very basic uh, kind of sociological issues that we are familiar with, which is what makes the story so compelling. And it's stuff like the the very poor who work very hard, who are labourers, mm. who get treated like crap. You know, and the richer yeah. people, and the, the people who come from better planets, mm-hmm. um, who automatically look down on the guys who grew up in less gravity, and therefore their bones are brittle, and yeah. all sorts of crap like this. The kind of discrimination and the sort of shit that happens around that. You know, along the, I mean, taking that further, can you imagine anybody in today's world managing to write a story in which people who are introduced to terrorists... And nothing is ever done, by the way, to show that they're not doing this. Yeah. can still make you sympathetic because you're seeing their plights. You're seeing the way they've been treated and what has led them to this. But that's exactly and it. And it works. It is so it's actually intelligent. Convincing. It is. Um, you, I, I've got to say, you know, I mean, I love, I actually really did love Game of Thrones. And mm. I suspect we might revisit the episodes mm. we've missed. Uh, and I think the reason we we actually lost interest was because of the um, the torturous scenes with what's his name. Yeah. Also, I think we started to see through some of the the trickery. Yeah, some like of the typical those legendary sex scenes, for example. Yeah. At some point, I don't know if we worked it ourselves or if I read it online somewhere, but at some point we realised that every single sex scene involves. 
major exposition. Yeah, they're on the job. They're doing whatever it is that they're doing in whatever interesting way it hasn't been shown on screen yet. And they're talking <laughs> about what this major this plot points. Doing. And if yes. you're not paying attention, and the political intrigues, and you're realizing that this is this is boring information that they need you to know to understand the story. So. They've yeah. slotted it into a six. It's a nice, easy, lazy way to get that information to you. And that is, you know what, that is, uh, to be fair, you know, but, you know, I think actually what put us off, if I remember, was there were those incredibly long torture scenes of Iron Price Boy. What was his name? Uh, I have totally forgotten. Ah, uh, we, we'll remember it soon enough. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, Iron Price Boy, everyone will know. I remember his torturer was Malcolm's bastard son. Yes. Yeah. Um, Which is not swearing because we're using it in the old. No, he was actually a bastard, sign, yes. and it was hit home quite, quite well. Mm. No, we'll probably revi- revisit it. And um, what I'm trying to say around that is, um, I mean, we enjoy um, the the plaited uh, scenes uh, or, or, or stories that are more intricate. Mm. And that is a bit of a new thing. And I'm loving this in the sort of HBO range of series. Yeah. And I don't know if it's an HBO series. It's it not. Expands. It's sci-fi. Oh, is that like sponsored by a whole other thing? Well, remember the Sci-Fi Channel? Well, I know. Is that is that actually also a producer? They pay for it. And they are distributed. Oh, yeah. I see. So it's like HBO, which pays and produces. Uh, yeah different things Mm. well this was definitely this was on the standard this was basically the sci-fi equivalent as far as I'm concerned I would say it's way above the standard it was more more there weren't the sort of cheap tricks I think although we might we might encounter them. You see what I mean? The, the, uh, I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. They didn't go out of their way to come up with a completely original new story and new elements and so on. They just did a really masterful, well, made really excellent use of existing of those building concepts. blocks. Yeah, but you know what? I'm like wondering. You said, I mean, the there's there's the, there's the crew that that's all. You see them. Well, you you remember Firefly? I loved Firefly. Imagine what that crew was like, sort of in the early days, and they just got together. You see an origin, uh, like almost like a Firefly origin story, is one group of characters in the series, and it is so much better. You know, because in Firefly, it was a bit sort of it was a little bit hammy and a little bit uh, a little bit camp, and it was fine because in its day it was revolutionary. It was well, it was the the sort of the western told in space, yeah, which was very similar to um, what was it, Cowboy Bebop? That was quite popular in the. I would say this is much more like Cowboy Bebop because it's it's a similar restriction on where things are. Okay, Cowboy Bebop has had its faster than lights travel with its little space lanes and so on. Yeah, and uh, I mean, look, I I would I would equate Cowboy Bebop closer to Firefly. Then I mean, this actually, is I think you're right. Yeah, uh, in, in in terms of stories and and sort of general. Uh, yeah, well, setting. I think. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, um, whereas the expense almost has these different, these little different microcosms. Um, it's more Cowboy Bebop in its setting, exactly. in its background. Exactly. You've got. Um, you've got all of these different um, places in which these little stories happen. Mm. You've got your um, film noir kind of cop, old-fashioned cop, yeah. um, walking the streets on the belt yeah. and doing his thing and and being this kind of anti-hero. And this is a completely different universe, a completely different world that he is in. 
and it's got that kind of um, uh, Philip K. Dick futuristic, uh, almost steampunky feel to it. Cyberpunk, yeah. Sorry. In fact, oh, uh, uh, steampunk is totally wrong. Sorry, steampunk <laughs> was Firefly. Uh, a cyberpunk no. <laughs> feel to it. Whereas you've got the Earth thing, yeah, which has this incredibly clean, futuristic, um, uh, just a different Arthur C. Clarke kind of feel to it. Mm. It is. It's just an astonishing marriage of a lot of. Um, the science fiction concepts that have that are, are kind of um, coming together yeah. and coming into their own in this story, and that that is why I loved it. I wished I I wish it was written in a book. I'm sorry, I'm only watching it on it a screen. It was actually. I noticed in the credits that it's all it's based on a series of novels by somebody whose name I don't recall because oh. I, I've never read them. But it's in the credits. We'll look it up. It just shows you. Mm. All the good stuff comes from books. <laughs> anyway, we've totally run out of time. Yes, no, we need to end now. So, thanks for listening, and th- and, and and thanks for your patience waiting for this episode. By the way, yes, it, it was rough, and I mean, as we've explained, it was it was rough, rough. Yeah, rough. but we'll be and back on schedule uh, from this one on. Uh, the next episode will come out on the usual day. Yes. All right, and thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Now Look Here podcast. Catherine and I work hard to crowbar an hour into our evening schedule once a week to bring it to you, and we really appreciate your support. If you'd like to give something back, we'll settle for a bit of free publicity. Like our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter, or leave us a review on iTunes. Links to all of these can be found on the podcast page at www.nowlookhere.net. Or just tell a friend about us and maybe help them to find us in their favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to contact us, why not leave a comment on the podcast page? Or just mail us at podcast at nowlookhere.net.